0: Welcome, everyone, to Episode 7 of the Eton Asphalt Podcast. Woo! I'm your host, Marco, with my other co-host, Ian, and really excited for this episode today. We have a couple of different sectors that we want to cover, and let me run down the sectors that we have planned. We're going to have recent headlines, the history of Circuit de Catalunya coming up this weekend, some weather update about the race weekend, and then some race predictions. So let's get into it with recent headlines. So the first recent headline, Nico Rosberg said that, quote, Max is starting to learn how good Lewis is. I think that just goes to show that everyone is really thinking how Red Bull's pace is starting to pick up and and compete against Mercedes. Yet, you know, you see so many times in these last couple races how Lewis will just kind of pick it up and really take over, show how dominant he is. And everyone just was expecting Max to be kind of the next Lewis, I think there's still some time before that that needs to happen.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I was a little confused when I saw this because it was like, I think Max has been pretty uh – aware of how good Lewis is since he hasn't been able to beat him but like 11 times but yeah I, I think you're i think you're spot on like you know as they start to get better at red bull still being able to kind of get over the hump of mercedes is is tough but nico also said this past weekend lewis is a good guy but behind closed doors he's a very angry person and i thought that was so funny because like you see lewis on social media and in interviews he's always so calm cool you know he's super uh, you know social justice focused he's super like you know environmental focus anything that a good guy athlete would be I think that's what he is but I do think a tiny little bit of it is a, a kind of a front of just a face he's putting on so um, I've thought that for a while and Nico confirmed it for me
0: yeah Nico definitely didn't have any past history with Lewis for him to no. maybe say and, and have a, a negative connotation with he, Lewis he's so. unbiased he's a, re- he's a reporter so yeah he's unbiased absolutely And next one, a little bit more about Red Bull. Max Verstappen starts his 100th GP this weekend, so congrats to Max.
1: Speaking of another on-the-rise driver, rumors are spinning about George Russell possibly replacing Valtteri Bottas in that second Mercedes seat. This is kind of like a, you know, we all know it's going to happen eventually type thing, but hearing that it could possibly happen this year, it was a little shocking and a little jarring, I'm sure, for Valtteri.
0: And along with that, Obviously, the amazing, great, nice, not angry Lewis Hamilton came to the defense of Valtteri Bata saying, "Hey, critics need to give him a break." And you know what? Good for Lewis. Good guy Lewis striking again. Um
1: speaking of Lewis, let's stay on that. Uh he said that Red Bull, he said this is the quote, "Red Bull still have a lot of performance on us. They're just making a lot of mistakes." I think that's a little debatable that they have a lot of performance on Mercedes. They're definitely making mistakes, but I think that's just Lewis trying to show the kind of, you know, oh, uh, well, we're, we're, da- we're the we're the David, this David and Goliath story, which I think is just simply not true.
0: Yeah, it seems like he's been going on that take pretty much from the beginning of the year, oh, and yeah. it's just the results just are hard to see on his <laughs> viewpoint there. And next one, Sebastian Vettel confirms some new upgrades to the floor of his car that he's excited about. I think a little bit funny take on this is that during FP1 today, that actually he was driving and a piece of the floorboard actually popped out from uh, during his <laughs> free practice. So um, maybe not as excited about that now.
1: Things continuing to go well with Aston Martin. Um, and then last headline we have here is Raymond Grosjean is going to test in the Mercedes car, the uh, the W10. I think he's going to take Lewis's spot. So once again, the theme of Lewis being a good guy and letting the guy who almost died in the crash a couple months ago um, kind of have his last F1 experience in a championship-winning car. So those are our headlines. We are going to next get into the history of the Circuit de Catalunya. But before we do that, uh, we want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Eaton Asphalt Podcast is brought to you by the Make-A-Wish Foundation for men 35 and above. This new foundation is making dreams come true for the healthy middle-aged man. We're excited to partner with them uh, when they came into the spotlight for coming to an agreement with Mercedes and Roman Grosjean to let Roman have one more ride around the super sweet race car and give him the real feeling of being a true GP winner. Now, we appreciate the work that Make-A-Wish Foundation has done, and we're excited to see what else they do for men 35 and above.
0: Really great to see. I think Roman really deserves it. He's been through some traumatic experiences, so good for him. (laughs) Good for him. All right, up next is a little bit of history about the Circuit de Catalunya. So, Ian, do you want to attack that? (laughs)
1: I will, yeah. So you hear a lot of negative press about this track. Understandably, not too many cool things have happened. But here's just a little bit of background so that you can go into the race being knowledgeable about this track. Um, So it was built in 1991, started hosting the Spanish Grand Prix in F1 that same year. About a little over four and a half kilometers long, got 16 turns on them, all relatively slow corners. Um, Geographically, it's about 30 minutes away from FC Barcelona Stadium, the Camp Nou. Because so much testing has been done at this circuit, Formula One drivers and mechanics are super familiar with it. This is kind of the go-to place to get testing done at the beginning of the season. So this has led to a little bit of a criticism that drivers and mechanics are too familiar with the track, too familiar with the turns, and so reducing, you know, therefore reducing the amount of on-track action. There have been numerous track updates throughout the years in hopes to create more overtaking opportunities. For example, they included a chicane, but Turn 1 is the main overtaking point in Catalonia, as it is a breaking zone at the end of a long DRS straight. The turns 10 and 11 sequence has been significantly altered ahead of this year's Spanish Grand Prix. This was a move just to improve the safety that has been carried out in conjunction with the FIA in talking with some of the drivers, we have some quotes here. Sainz says, in the past, Turn 10 was obviously very difficult to follow a car in front just because there was only one line, not a lot of overtaking opportunity. Pierre Gasly says, clearly, I think there will be slightly more lines possible out of Turn 10, so I do hope racing improves and it gives us the opportunity to put a bit of pressure on braking and maybe try something different on exit and overtake. That would give us a bit more opportunity in terms of racing, but in terms of driving, yeah, it's mostly a bit more open, a bit fast corner. So good English there by Pierre. Charles Leclerc said, I mean, I'm pretty sure that there will be different lines there, and that should be a bit better to follow, but I also feel that turn 10 was an opportunity to overtake, so I don't know. I think there will be less overtaking in turn 10, so he's kind of the contrarian there. But it, then, then again, if it helps us to follow closer for overtaking before turn one, then that's great. So Alonso agreed, basically saying that he doesn't think this is going to change lap times or overtake possibilities too much. So a little bit split in terms of what the drivers think, but mostly I think realistic drivers are not looking
0: for too many overtake opportunities outside of turn 10 and turn one. Yeah, it doesn't seem like these changes are really going to change too much for the race in general, which obviously we know in the past has not been the most exciting race. Right. Speaking of not being a super
1: exciting race, we were looking at historical points, right, just to put in here. Found that they were pretty few and far between. So back in 1996, Schumacher did take his first win as a Ferrari driver after a dominant performance during a torrential rainstorm, Five years later, in 2001, Mika Hakkinen suffered a clutch failure while he was leading the race on the last lap. So he handed the win over to Schumacher. Um, At the 2006 event, five years after that, Fernando Alonso became the first Spanish Formula One driver to win at his home country's track. What do you think? you think he can pull it off to to have a 15-year gap between home Grand Prix
0: races? I've put literally my life savings on Fernando Alonso pulling this one out.
1: Well, you're about to be either very rich or completely out of money. And finally, just like kind of a fun little tidbit that I found about this track, uh, along with a few other tracks on the F1 calendar, it is a complete money suck. So they have the MotoGP there. They have a couple of other races that go on there. But with attendance totally dropping off, they are... They spent about sixty million dollars in the last twelve years. That they that they so that was a loss for them. So they're supported by Barcelona as like a state entity. You know, Barcelona is is somewhat independent within Spain, not totally, but you know, there's a there's a little bit of like kind of party differentiation, and they are the ones that essentially just pay uh, into this money hole that is the the circuit. So, yeah, not a super big money maker, but then then again, you know, a lot of tracks aren't.
0: Right, so something exciting to, to look at if you're going to go into this race watching with some friends, going to have some history behind this and be able to hit some hit them with some knowledge. And then looking a little bit quickly into the weather for this weekend, obviously the race in F1 World is really hoping for rain, just knowing that if there's one thing that can make a, a boring race spicy is some good precipitation. As of right now, it looks like we might be getting teased with a hint of rain, But it doesn't seem like it's going to be during the race. So it might be a talking point, but I doubt we see anything that's going to affect the race in the way we want. The weather does look like it's going to be sunny and 70 on Saturday, cloudy and 66 on Sunday. The rain is supposedly coming Monday or late Sunday. So there's a potential if this hits sooner that it could cause, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be the fact. I think our take here at Eaton Asphalt is that we're going to go into this race with very low expectations. But as we know, anytime that you predict something in this sport, whether it's good or bad, we're usually wrong. So that's great. Speaking of predictions, up next is our race predictions. But before we hit those race predictions, this part of the podcast is brought to you by Taco Bell, which, surprise, surprise, is coming to you at an amazing time with this GP coming up. Taco Bell has some amazing $1 tapas menus that has the people of Spain going crazy. Also, in my opinion, the national drink of Spain, which we all know is the Baja Blast, is made to perfection at every single Taco Bell that I've attended. All fresh, never-frozen ingredients prepared just like Mama Science and Ma- or Mama Alonso would make. Please visit your participating Taco Bell and use code room at the window for a free Spanish-inspired Doritos Locos Tacos. So thank you for Taco Bell for the big sponsor coming up for the Spanish GP. Very interesting
1: that a Mexican company is, spon- is sponsoring the the Spanish GP. We love to see that intersectionality between, you know, Hispanics.
0: Yeah, there's a, a huge overlap in their history, so I think they just kind of figured, you know, now is uh, strike while the iron's hot is what they say. That's what they say. And moving on to our race predictions, uh, to catch up the listeners, I have a 4-3 lead over Mr. Ian, and we'll just hit right into it. So first question is, who do we think will crash or DNF, Ian?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel on this. I think there was some optimism for him getting a new floor, having that floor upgraded. And as we saw in free practice this morning, that floor was hanging off the car. So let's go ahead and put me down for a Seb Vettel DNF again.
0: I will have to agree with you on the Ashton Martin front because I'm going to go with Lance Stroll. It seems like last year Stroll was DNFing or crashing just about every other race. He has not this year, so it seems like he's just due for one and up next is who do we think for the winner is and a little caveat we just talked about starting now we're going to give each of us four lewis choices throughout the rest of the season just so you know we don't hammer lewis and we're also able to to use them every now and then and with that i am not going to use my lewis card and i'm going to go with max for stopping love it and you have a much more
1: exciting prediction than i do but I think my prediction is probably going to be
0: right, and that's Lewis taking the win at the checkered flag in Spain this week. So using the Lewis card immediately, like the play, is probably going to work out in your favor. A <laughs> Last place, uh, I think this is just going to be a little fun for us, and I don't see <laughs> this changing much throughout the rest of the year, is going to be last place. Uh, I'm going to hit hard with Mazepin.
1: I am going to do the same. I think that's going to be our pick for a while until we see some kind of talent change or uh, you know some something that points us in the direction of it won't be like this every weekend. But based on the evidence that we have so far, I think that's a smart bet.
0: It sure does. And then we're going to do driver of the day. I'm going to go with Charles Leclerc. So hopefully I can see him maybe making a third place podium. It would give him the jump that he needs to get this driver of the day.
1: Yeah, I think the stars are actually aligned for Fernando Alonso this race, coming back to his home GP in racing, Alpine being good at these slow corners. This is probably the only other race that they're going to perform super well in, and as he's getting more experience under his belt in this car, plus the return to Formula One year, I think, all the, again, all the
0: stars are just aligning for him to get driver of the day this week. Great choice. I like it. Up next is our douche of the day Douche of the Day is brought to you by Summer's Eve. Please check out Summer's Eve extensive line of products. Use them, give them out, and looking forward to this week's Douche of the Day, who my prediction is going to be Carlos Sainz. I think kind of similar to what you said for Fernando Alonso, just on the flip, I think Carlos is going to come into this really having a lot of pressure on him, wanting to have a strong finish in here. I think he's going to just make some maybe dumb mistakes a little bit and become the... Episode 7, Douche of the Day. It's a great choice.
1: I'm going to go with uh, Antonio Giovinazzi. I don't know why, but when I think douche, I think Alfa Romeo, so
0: he's my choice. A bit rude, but we'll move on. (laughs) The fastest pit stop is uh, just pretty much a shot in the dark. I'm going to go with Ferrari, no reason why.
1: Yep, and we're leaving Red Bull out of this one, so I'm going to go with Aston Martin, and I also don't know why.
0: And our last race prediction, we have Wildcard, and I'm going to go with… Fernando Alonso will place ahead of Carlos Sainz at their home country Grand Prix. Kind of goes along with Ian's prediction of Alonso being driver of the day, as well as my prediction of Sainz being douche of the day.
1: Love it. My wildcard prediction, I basically just wanted somebody who has zero points uh, to be a first-time point scorer, and I think Kimi Räikkönen is the best choice for that. So I'm going to say Kimi getting his first points of the season, finishing at 10 or above.
0: Yeah, his son was giving him a little slack for that crash last week. So maybe he's trying to you know, make his son proud and show up for once this year. So all fingers crossed that Kimmy does well. And that'll do it for our race predictions. And that will also do it for Episode 7 of the Eaton Asphalt podcast. We are really excited for this race coming up in Barcelona. Really hope that it exceeds our expectations based off of the track and its history. But only time will tell. And any last remarks?
1: No, just excited for another race. Hopefully it's not as boring as all the pundits are saying that it might be, and, yeah, excited for uh, for the recap coming after the race this Sunday.
0: Awesome. Sounds great. Well, once again, thanks. thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. See you, assholes.